Welcome to Grow Your Dental Practice Podcast. I'm your host, Mohamed Ismail. I'm a cloud accounting expert and a business advisor to dental and medical professionals. My firm, Shift Accounting, has helped our clients reach their financial goals. We are absolutely passionate about the dental industry, so we created the Grow Your Dental Practice Podcast, provide you with valuable resources and help you grow your dental practice. I interview experts in the industry, extract all the wonderful knowledge they have, and give it to you, our wonderful listeners. Hello, podcast listeners. I hope you are keeping safe and staying healthy. In this episode, I'm having a chat with Samantha Leonard, CEO and co-founder of Stream Dental. Like us, they have been extremely busy working with clients navigating through this COVID-19 crisis. So what did this crisis taught us? Well, let's call Samantha and get her perspective. This is Samantha Leonard, uh, CEO and founder of Stream Dental. Uh, Samantha, why don't you tell us about uh, yourself and Stream Dental? Sure. Uh, So um, like you mentioned, I'm the CEO and co-founder of Stream Dental HR. Um, I previously was in my former life um, in dentistry for 15 years as everything from an assistant, treatment coordinator, administrator, um, eventually becoming an operational manager. I started working with a real well-respected and world-renowned orthodontist, Dr. Sam Dar, and together we started one of his um, practices from the ground up and grew that into a multi-million dollar clinic in less than a year. And then we started acquiring and building his empire, eventually having six offices across the country. And um, basically, my biggest headache always was human resources. (laughs) And I didn't have a background or training, no MBA, no no, uh, leadership skills. I unfortunately made a lot of mistakes. And in the effort to try and correct those mistakes and try to uh, find a better solution, when I started looking into the industry, there wasn't any HR support for dentists. So that's what really kind of sparked this, um, the concept. And we basically started Stream about five years ago. And here we are today. Now we're working with offices all across Canada and the United States. Wow, that's, uh, that's really fantastic. I mean, you know, I, I love, you know, uh, companies that develop out of, you know, a need in the market mm-hmm. and a solution. Uh, you know, this is this is really amazing. So there's so many things I want to talk to you about. But, you know, let's kind of cover what's what's going on right now. Right. right? So, you know, obviously, you know, COVID have hit everybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, everybody had to shut down. Um, you know, we, we were the same way, really scrambling with mm-hmm. uh, our clients, uh, you know, helping them, you know, throughout the layoffs, you know, financial projections, um, you know, what to do and what not. So, um, what has COVID-19 taught us? Um, it taught us, it really, sh- I think kind of, um, you know, all these things that we had, we know that we needed to do for our business. We know that we needed to have a rainy day fund. We know we needed to have our financial and business strategy, and we know that we needed to have an employee handbook and HR policies in our practice. But, you know, as business owners, you're busy working in it and on it. And unfortunately, these things were at the bottom of the to-do list for a long, long time. And then all of a sudden, we were forced into the situation and had to make really difficult decisions in our business. And we had nothing in place. And so I feel like that had really um, shone a light on some holes 
that existed in our business. Um, and many times because of that, we you know, had to react um, out of emotions and out of fear and really forced into making this decision when all of a sudden the government of Canada is saying, you need to shut down now. So it was a mad scramble. Um, it was a lot of chaos, emotionally draining. Um, so I definitely feel that the biggest thing that came from this was just realizing that a lot of the the, the procedures that we needed in our business, the strategies that we needed um, weren't there. And I think that was really the, the spotlight on that, that moment. <laughs> so um, give me, for example, your top five, top five gaps that, you know, you saw you had to help people, uh, you know, just to scramble things and make mm -hmm. sure that at least they, they can either lay off people or close the office. What was your top five? Um, I would definitely say that 80% of the practices out there did not have employment agreements. They did not have any employee handbooks or policy manuals. And so when it came to having to lay off their team, furlough them, there was absolutely no measures in place, no contracts, no agreements. And so a lot of these things basically were being done verbally. Now, now why, why, why was the employment agreement was important? I mean, you just shut down the business, send people home. What, what was the big deal? Well, you know, definitely if they're so, for example, um, we've seen this in a couple of scenarios where a practice did have an employment agreement. They've received that or downloaded it online. Um, and a lot of those agreements, unfortunately, were not applicable or they were applicable in a different province in a different time. Maybe there was um, uh, specific clauses already in there for leaves. So sometimes when you sign that agreement, and those, you don't have the right policies in, in place or the wrong ones, I should say, in place, then that is when they found themselves having to force to pay their team while they were off. Or right. if they had to let them go, then they would have to pay them the severance. So this is why it is extremely important. Please don't ever copy and paste or download some, some contract off of the internet or an employee policy that you copied and pasted from a friend, because this is when situations like this could happen. Uh, I, absolutely. I mean, you know, uh, so em employment agreements need to be in place mm -hmm. and, you know, a, 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 an agreement that is holistic. I mean, a lot of a lot of the you know situations that uh, I was involved in, people did have employment agreement, but didn't have, you know, a clause mm -hmm. that would cover, you know, a layoff in, in, exactly. in terms of shortage of work. Exactly. Right. So. You know, people had the some people had the right intentions, but again, the contract was not, mm -hmm. you know, uh, covering the, this aspect, and exactly. and 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 uh, you know, it just puts people, you know, in a, in a bad position. So, okay, so n number one, you know, we have you need to have you know uh, updated, mm -hmm. you know, correct employment agreements. N number two, number two, there was no measures in place when it came to let's say, for example, if you decided to keep on a skeleton crew. So maybe uh, you had an office of 25 employees and you maybe um, had, let's say, two or three who stayed on to answer the phones, maybe an assistant to work with you for an emergency situation. There was no um, remote working clauses. There was no policies when it came to reduced hours, change of hours, change of pay. Um, all of those things were not in place beforehand. So that is another big aspect um, that was was missing in most practices. Yeah, you know what? I 100% I agree with you. Uh, th this is actually, in my opinion, was 
it's a really great area because a lot of people, you know, went ahead and laid off all their staff, but then at the, at the same time told Fuse, like, okay, well, I need you to come here. Uh, you know, can I pay you cash? Can I, you know, can you bank the hours? And, and obviously this is, you know, not, you know, the right way of doing it. And, um, and, and, and people are just scrambling, obviously, to come up with solutions, right? So what would be the ideal solution, in your opinion, for a situation like where, yeah, I mean, you, you, everybody is, is laid off, but somebody needs to come, you know, check in the mail or, you know, answer the phone or, you know, come, come you know, once a week for the emergencies. Uh, what, what would you recommend? Well, definitely. Um, of course, as, you know, a, a business owner of an HR company, <laughs> making sure that you have all of those policies in place. Um, so, for example, even the last discussion that we had in terms of um, having those temporary layoff clauses, pandemic clauses in those employment contracts, um, also having some clauses in there when it comes to emergency office closures. Um, if you do need to change somebody's hours and reduce their amount of hours, um, just making sure that that's also indicated um, on there and having something in writing, a documentation showing that. Or if we decide to change somebody, maybe we have an office manager and we still need that office. We're going to be working with that office manager to do business strategies. Maybe we want to finally create our standard operating procedures, but we have them working from home making sure that you have a remote working or a teleworking policy as well. So in that way, there's those guidelines in place on here's what we're going to need you to work from home. Here's the amount of hours. Here's the clock in system. Here's the guidelines for ensuring that when you are working remotely, you are using a VPN. You are following the same, you know, HIPAA, PIPA, PIPA, all of those privacy laws to make sure that we are keeping um, our patients' information confidential um, and you're doing all of the precautions necessary to keep that information secure using your computer or using the computer that we provide you. Now, if you provide them a computer, then obviously you need to have another policy in place for uh, company property, company equipment. So there's definitely a, a lot with all those different scenarios. We want to make sure there's those clear expectations. There's the documentations um, in place. And then we are training and supporting our team so they understand what this new position looks like. Because, you know, think about it in, in a dental office, we're used to working in an office setting. So having to switch that to go to working remotely is completely different, completely different processes and protocols. So I think what we're doing right now actively with our existing pra uh, practices is getting all of these things in place. So, you know, heaven forbid, if there's anything that ever happens again where we're offices forced to close, then we at least have the structure that we can fall to um, and we can use instead of you know, just scrambling last minute to try and figure this new territory out. Absolutely. I mean, you know, just in this, there's so many, so many items to think about, uh, you know, obviously the, you know, the workflow, mm -hmm. access to information, you know, sharing passwords. So you really need to have, uh, you know, an, an IT policy in place mm -hmm. to make sure that you, you are not, uh, you know, uh, trying to cover one area of the business and then, you know, opening another risk, which is, right. you know, security risk. Right. right. So, yeah. so, um, that, that is absolutely, you know, important. Like, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm really surprised how many people don't use, for example, like a password manager oh. tool, uh, to I just know. protect them and, you know, not just share passwords and yeah. things like that. So um, absolutely. And, and it, and it is very, uh, it's a very sensitive type of mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. 
that you can't just wing it. No, no, exactly. And like you said, I've I've been in offices where their password, how they're storing it is in a black, you know, a little notebook, right? And I'm like, so what happens if that notebook gets thrown out by accident? What, where do you go? What do you do? What if somebody steals this? You know, you know there are all these things that we need. Like you said, it, it's a completely, um, you know, in our industry, we are very tech savvy. We use a lot of new equipment, a software. Um, and so we need to make sure that all of the other business components are accounted for and we have protocols and systems and, and processes in place so we all know what to do and, and do so in a way that's keeping our business compliant, keeping our team and our patient information as well compliant. Absolutely. Um, you know, one thing I just want to add, you know, for people who are uh, requiring some of the staff to, um, you know, to, to work uh, while the office is shut down. I mean, they, they need to think about, um, you know, the 75% waste subsidy, right? right? Uh, because, I mean, think about it from a very high level perspective. If you're having to ask people to bank their hours and then pay them once they come out uh, of EI, mm -hmm. that you, you'll have to come up, you know, with that money mm -hmm. out of pocket, where if you re-employ, um, you know, at least some of the staff with the people who you need them to come back, uh, you know, and, and assuming you qualify, you can get, you know, 75% of their wage uh, as a subsidy. So, you. you know, a lot of people like right now, you know, they, they, they're asking the staff to, to work uh, or, um, you know, work while they're in EI and, and they're trying to mm -hmm. kind of figure out how to compensate them, right? right? Right. That's a really good point. I mean, the government has put this in place to be able to help small businesses like dental practices. So I definitely feel that that's a great avenue, like you were mentioning, to, to make sure to utilize. If we are going to ask our team members to, to come and work, then, you know, might as well use this program that provides financial assistance to help you. So in that way, you're not you know, worried later on down the line when you are opening your doors again to have to use a lot of your income and the money that you have in the bank to pay for those banked hours. Absolutely. So Samantha, what's uh, uh, our third lesson that we learned? Occupational health and safety. Um, this is something that is government mandated. It is necessary for every business owner to have. If you have employees, you need to ensure that you have an occupational health and safety program whereby you have a policy manual, procedures. So in that way, you are uh, providing the training, the protocols, and the necessary resources so that your employees feel safe at work. And believe it or not, that that entails a lot more than, you know, just having an infection prevention control manual. This goes beyond that. And most practices are unaware that they need this in their business. Very interesting. So uh, give me some of the updates that, you know, for example, like right, right now, everybody's, you know, looking for masks and, mm -hmm. you know, uh, protective gears and whatnot. Right. And then obviously like, you know, for, for a good reason, um, so talk to me more about the policy or the procedure that you're looking for. Yeah, so definitely. So, I mean, the Occupational Health and Safety Manual deals with um, beyond just working within patients. It's also providing a safe work environment in a sense where, let's say, for example, there was ever a fire in the office. 
Your team needs to know what the evacuation routes are, where their muster point is, um, all of the, the safety measures that you have in place so that they are aware of how to escape from that fire. Um, mm. So it deals with everything from fire, floods, natural disasters, any situations where there's an evacuation, any sort of lockdown, like hold and secures if there was a bomb threat, if there was a workplace violence um, you know, situation. So this deals with all the different types of scenarios um, and making sure that the not only the work environment safe, but they've received the training on how to be safe during those precautions, those those situations. So along the lines of that is a pandemic. Right. So making sure that you have that that structure in place. Um, obviously, this is probably going to change and be updated with just even discovering what this virus is like, um, being able to see what are some measures not only that we need to have in place for taking care of our patient safety, but also our employees, because they're also working in those patients' mouth, (laughs) right? So making sure that you have those necessary precautions, those measures, and having regular trainings for that um, and documenting those trainings. It's kind of like thinking when, you remember when we were in school and we had to do those fire drills like at least a couple times a year. They were so annoying (laughs) and (laughs) pointless. But the point was we had to be prepared on what to do in case there was ever a fire. And that's the same situation that we need to be applying when it comes to the occupational health and safety of our employees. Now, that's awesome. Um, what, what is the fourth uh, key learning uh, point? Um, another key learning point um, as well, like you mentioned about the masks and you know the, the changes of, of our PPE. And now we're going to be seeing more changes to the infection prevention control. Um, so I know here in Alberta, there was um, some changes quite a few years ago where we had to have some manuals, um, have our our systems and structure in place, but that may have been the last time that those were ever updated. So making sure that that is regular, that's consistent, somebody is in charge of making sure that all of those um, processes are in place, the record keeping for all of our sterilization logs, the maintenance, um, making sure that all of that is documented and everybody is receiving regular training on those methods as well um, for everybody's safety. Uh, you know what? This is uh, people have the time now. Mm-hmm. This is such a good time to go and and do these things, right? Yes, yes, I agree. All the things that we said that uh, you know what? I wish I had more time. I just can never find enough time to do this. And like you said, now all of a sudden, now is the time. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, Samantha, walk me through uh, the final uh, learning. Uh, it's not the final. I mean, the final in this conversation, but I'm sure there are way more, you know, learning uh, that that we all learned, you know, during during this pandemic. Uh, it's definitely having a contingency plan, right? Uh, I know you and I had spoken about this on a recent webinar that we did, but making sure that you have that rainy day um, fund for cash flow. Um, so in that way, who knows how long we're going to be given the clearance to reopen. Um, I know this is a, a very different circumstance than any of us have ever been through, but it reminds me of way back when, when we had that flood here in Calgary, right? Our office was closed downtown. We had to be shut down for quite some time. So if there was ever a natural disaster, anything that's forced us to actually close our doors in their practice, Do we have a contingency plan to be able to hold us until we get back to normal? 
So definitely being proactive now, uh, working with you uh, to be able to get that all in place in the future. I mean, I'm going to sound like a broken record here. Uh, you know, I tell I tell everybody that, you know, they need at least uh, three months worth of expenses, you know, in terms of savings, right? So if you're an office that, you know, produces 100K a month and, you know, your expenses are 50K, you need about $150,000, you know, to be, you know, ready, available for any disaster, right? And then... You know, uh, we, we, we see this all the time. People who run a good practice, solid practice, you know, um, um, they, they, they'll, they'll be okay, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, you know, yes, everybody's closed, but they can weather the storm. Right. People who are over leveraged, mm-hmm. you know, don't have savings, um, you know, it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough, right? Definitely. Definitely. So, I mean, this is something that, you know, we, we all said that. This is new. This is new territory for us. I think this was definitely a good wake-up call um, for some things that we need to make sure that we have in our business, have some structure, um, have these policies and processes, because that's that's the way you know you want to make sure that you have a great procedure as well for not only situations like this, but to be ready for when we do have to reopen, right? Because that's another new chapter for us to. To, to go down and journey to bring back our team, to bring back our patients. Um, you know, they're saying a lot of people are going to have some some PTSD from this traumatic um, event. So how are we going to navigate that new territory, bringing back our team who are going to be working with patients um, and they're going to be just as nervous or anxious um, to come back to their appointments. So how are we going to navigate this, this new step? So really using this time as well to be proactive, to prepare, to open their doors again. Absolutely. So, you know what, I, I think a lot of people already went through a lot of the motions in terms of, you know, figuring out things with the staff, figuring, figuring out things with their bank, figuring out, you know, with their vendors you know, let's talk about you know the recovery plan. Uh, what what should people start thinking about? Okay, you know what we, we really don't know when you know the offices yeah. will open up. Um, you know it could be you know <laughs> weeks, months. Mm-hmm. We we just don't know yeah. what people should start thinking about right now to plan and prepare for the you know the the reopen of offices. Definitely. That's a great question. And and like you said, now's, now's that time to be able to put that strategy together. So I would definitely say to start making some cal- calculations, figuring out, let's say, for example, if this office has um, previously they had 25 employees, you know, once we open the door, let's say for hypothetical purposes, July 1st, we may not be able to have all 25 employees start on July 1st. So what does that look like? Is that going to be our whole team coming back part-time, reduced hours? Are we going to have a few employees come back full-time? These are all things that we need to be determining um, now and obviously taking a look at the policies that we already have in place in our practice to really also see how those were structured to ensure that we're staying in compliance with that. Um, I'd also you know, start talking with your team, continue to communicate with them, Um, because they're going through a lot of anxiety and overwhelm as well. So we want to communicate with them, um, you know, just letting them know, hey, this is our plan for our first week back together. 
giving them that agenda. So in that way, that person has that opportunity to, you know, really digest it, to mentally prepare for coming back, to be able to put together their thoughts, any questions. Um, So in that way, they feel that they're involved in this process as well. And you're looking to them for feedback and that you're here to support them. Um, So I would definitely say starting off with those two. And then also starting to take a look, you know, how long, how are we going to be able to get back up to normal? So, you know, going back and taking a look, how many patients did we, do we need to see back? Are we going to look at maybe filling, uh, just working on emergency patients right now? Are we going to have maybe one column of hygiene appointments only? Um, Who are the first people that we're going to contact? How are we going to triage their appointment? You know, just really taking a look and doing a deep dive on that is going to really help you plan out what my schedule is going to look like. What are some benchmarks that I need to set in place to know production wise um, that I'm ready to bring on? And my other hygienist, my other assistant, the other team members. So really just putting that strategy together and, you know, obviously working alongside yourself and, and their uh, CPAs to be able to look at what do I need to be making? What's my bare ass minimum to cover? What do I need to ensure that I'm going to be, as we're growing, setting aside my rainy day fund and being able to get up to where we, we were before or even stronger than we were before all of this happened? Uh, absolutely. And you know what? Um, this is really, really good tips. And I also want to add that, you know what? In, in the short term, work is not going to return as usual, mm-hmm. right? You know, we just don't know how it will, you know, return. But, you know, may- maybe there'll be, um, you know, a capacity on how many patients you have in, in, right. in at one time, right? Uh, maybe you need to reconfigure the office to, mm-hmm. you know, um, to, to protect people, right? Um, so there's a lot of things that, you know, we don't know, but that doesn't stop people from thinking outside the box, thinking how, you know, um, uh, anticipating what that future would look like and, 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 and try to start the planning now, right? Definitely, definitely. So I think if there's any takeaway that your listeners can, can get from this is being proactive right now. Now, you know, we've, we've learned, uh, I think the coronavirus taught us all uh, a major lesson in one shape or form, but I think this is the time for us to use this opportunity as a new chapter. You know, we're going back into the office, the doors will reopen, life will get back to normal soon. So how am I going to make it so that when that does happen, that I'm going to make this the, you know, the best opportunity for us. I'm going to make this business come out stronger and our team be an even stronger team than we were before. And that requires putting together a game plan. You know, it's just like when we're, we're watching football, we're watching hockey, you know, these teams, they train on different plays depending on what the defense from the other team comes to them. So this is the same thing. We need to have our strategies. We need to have our game plan. We don't know what things are going to look like, but Hey, if I've mapped out A, B, C, and D, then at least we've got some sort of strategy that we can hit the ground running and make a success out of this. I love it. That's, uh, that, that's, that's amazing. Samantha, I really want to thank you here for your time. Uh, there's a lot of, you know, valuable points. If somebody wants to get a hold of you or, you know, just wants to reach out and say hi, what is the best uh, way to get a hold of you? 
Definitely. Well, um, they can find we're we're everywhere on social media, so uh, they can reach out to us on through our website at streamdentalhr.com. Um, we're pretty active on Facebook, Instagram, and uh, LinkedIn, so they can send me a message that way, or else they can reach out to me, Samantha at streamdentalhr.com. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. I had a blast. Thank you for joining us today on Grow Your Dental Practice podcast. I would like to thank our corporate partner, Zero, a beautiful accounting software. If you'd like to know more information or just want to say hi, visit our website, Shift Accounting. That is shiftact.com or you can reach me directly at Mohammed, M-O-H-A-M-E-D at shiftact.com.